want something exciting. Nine, nine, nine. I will never apologize for the greatness of the United States of America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. <coughs> this is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed and inspired for a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Welcome. Hey, Herman. Uh, listen, Bernie Sanders just dropped by and wondered if you wanted to endorse him uh, for president at this point in time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> The, okay, uh, uh, if you want me to think about it, nope. Nope, that's okay. <laughs> Sanders is holding a news conference here in just about an hour. He released the uh, news last night uh, that the you know he is an independent. I mean, he considers himself a socialist, mm -hmm. but he is going to get into the Democratic race for the White House against Hillary Clinton. So he's the first big name officially to get in against her. I, I would say, you know, the, the conventional wisdom in here, Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders is a fairly entertaining guy around the halls of Congress. He's a very liberal voice, obviously. He could probably push Hillary Clinton a little to the left. But is it a real challenge? You know, can would he really rattle her cage and really try to take her down or have the ability to? I don't know about that, but we'll see whether or not uh, it spurs anything. Certainly, it might force her into a little debate, in a sense. Somebody uh, posited to me earlier today that maybe it's just all part of the Democratic effort to get her uh, a little more uh, practice, in a sense, yeah. uh, before uh, taking on a Republican if she is going to be the nominee. The other thing I would say about Hillary right now is that, boy, the the, the stories that keep coming out day after day about the Clinton Foundation and about its practices in dealing with donations and more. There was another one in the Boston Globe today. It just raises a lot of questions as to, you know, huh, is, is this is this really going to keep sort of spiraling and spiraling and growing and growing? Uh, if you go back to the hearing where Hillary Clinton was confirmed for the job of Secretary of State, there was an exchange, a couple of exchanges there, in which she vowed, you know, okay, everybody who donates to the foundation, it'll have to be laid out on the public uh, record for everybody to know about. But now uh, the Boston Globe says that did not apply to the Clinton Health Access Initiative, which is headquartered up in Boston, and that there wasn't really transparency done there, as had been promised. So... Yet another example. I don't know whether it goes anywhere, but certainly major news organizations after it. Now, Bernie Sanders is definitely a big government, more taxes oh, kind yeah. of a socialist type person. Absolutely, yes. More regulations. And he'd, he'd and very all of happily that. acknowledge that. He wouldn't and run away from that description. That. Oh, yeah. okay, very good. Now, what about the Democrats wanting to raise the minimum wage to $12 an hour? Yeah, you've got uh, Democratic leaders announcing that today. And, you know, I think that they. They believe they've been making the income inequality type argument for a little while now, obviously. And I think that their argument is, is that, look, uh, the minimum wage uh, has not gone up. I think it's in since 09 is the last time it went up. The last time lawmakers actually voted to raise it was in 2007. Their, their plan would raise the federal minimum wage from its current level of $7.25 an hour to $12 an hour by the uh, by 2020 so over the next five years the interesting part when you look at it is that at this point in time there are 29 states that have a minimum wage that is higher than the federal minimum wage which right. is really interesting when you think yep. about that that almost three out of every five states have a higher wage than what the feds have set 
And now if you take it up to $12 an hour, you would, I think, be higher than any of those other states over the next few years. I look at this one. You know, we can go through all that. We know all the arguments. There are a lot of Republicans who believe in business, believes that it won't help with job creation or harm economic growth. I mean, it's very familiar arguments on both sides. I just sort of think at this point in time, Herman, this is one of those issues every once in a while the GOP gets boxed in on and forced to vote on in the Congress. And I just wonder if over the next year we're going to find the GOP sort of in that corner and forced to bring up something on the minimum wage, not this plan, but something else uh, we'll have to watch and see. And when they talk about the 29 states that are already above the 725, yeah. what they don't talk about are the businesses in those states and other states that are also way above whatever the minimum wage is, even if it's higher than the 725. So they don't use the stats equitably in terms of what the reality of the situation is. But as you say, you're going to get all of the same arguments. But this one, again, well, the minimum wage arguments always boxes the Republicans in. Sure it does, yeah. And, and, and you know, from sometimes, you know... It, People ask me at times, well, why does an issue work one year and it doesn't work another year? You know, sometimes that's just sort of the way it is. You know, the income inequality stuff last year in the, the midterm elections never really seemed to catch fire. You know what I mean, Herman? I mean, the, the Democrats tried, the, the, the Obama administration tried, but it just they didn't get the traction. Now, it might be different in right. another two years. You just never know. But at this point in time, I think Democratic leaders would like to try to put a little heat on the Republicans, on their leadership, and then, of course, on uh, the Republicans who are running for president. And, and on that 2016 note, I tell you, Herman, with all the people that are talking about getting in, I saw a little piece about this today, and, 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 and I, was, I had been thinking about it, too, in the last couple of days. I don't know how you're going to do these debates for the GOP. If you're going to have about two dozen major candidates, right. I mean, you're going to have to come up with some kind of cutoff, uh, some kind of qualification. You know, just like for the Kentucky Derby, you can't have any more than 20 horses in the gate. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to find something to trim it down because, you know, you were in some of those early debates when there were just too many people on yeah. the stage. And you don't get hardly any time to really get into the debate at times. And I, I don't know how they're going to deal with that. I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to deal with it either because... I think we started out with nine. Yeah. Literally nine on the stage. The next debate it was down to seven and it stayed at seven for a while. And nine was bad. That nine first was one. bad. It was too many. You know, I, I stood there and I felt like, well, okay, I had about three minutes and yep. that was about it. But uh, you're absolutely right. But now they, they are going to, I don't know what the rules are. It'd be interesting as to how they're going to determine it. And, but one thing, though, you need to be. I would assume that you need to be a declared candidate before you get a shot at standing well, yeah. up on the Well, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right about right. that. But let's just assume everybody yeah. is officially in is the officially race when we have the, the first one in uh, in mid-August in Ohio. Yes. I, I mean, you, you can't have 18 people. No, you, no, you can't have 18 uh, people You there. just can't. No. It, it, uh, I mean, I guess I guess we could do it like the NCAA tournament. We could have a couple <laughs> different debates, uh, you know, and split them up into groups or something like wow. that. But I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to figure out something. And, of course, it means somebody is not going to be pleased because they'll be left out. Yep. But that that's that's what happens. Yep. Well, how about these EPA misconduct hearings? Yeah, this is interesting. I, I'm just starting to try to distill it down to write a story. So I'll sort of read you the lead that I've come up with today. Senior officials at the EPA being raked over the coals at this hour as we speak by lawmakers on the House committee. Among the, we've heard some of these stories. Uh, they went back and looked at, at this guy who was looking at pornography on his computer for like five, six hours a day, and nothing really ever happened for month after month to punish the guy. And then there's an, another case of a guy who, a senior EPA official who had been elevated to a new job, 
even though he'd been accused of sexual harassment by a number of women. And as Trey Gowdy, the lawmaker, congressman, Republican from South Carolina, asked at one point, what's the total number of women who made allegations against this guy named Peter Utro? Seventeen was the answer from the EPA deputy chief of staff named John Reeder, who had to grudgingly acknowledge that he never asked this guy's boss for uh, any details about anything as he was looking to elevate this guy, Peter Utro, to a new job within the EPA. And so it was yet another hearing that just exasperated members of both parties, centering on misconduct by federal employees and seemingly how difficult it is to get anyone uh, to be punished for anything. Lawmakers repeatedly asking, wouldn't you think that somebody would raise a red flag about someone who's had 17 different complaints against him? for a variety of sex harassment charges. And then, of course, like we've seen in other areas, the guy retires at full pension and benefits, et cetera, before they really get to any point where they can punish him or anything like that. And so, uh, again, another hearing in which uh, lawmakers continually hearing these stories of just how difficult it is to lose your job when you're a federal worker. Uh, I know I know it's difficult. And have you heard any discussions by Republicans of passing some laws to um, undo some of that. You know, there's several people who talked again today about, well, I want to, you know, bring forward a bill that would do this or do that or give the IG more power to review, more swiftly review these things. But they haven't, you know, I, I think it's it's so easy to say, oh, you got to change it. It's a little more difficult to do something that doesn't have unintended, I know, you know, uh, actions. And and so uh, as of now, no. The the quick answer to you is no. The Republicans don't have anything that's ready to go. Say in the next few weeks or anything like that. Here's a question that I have for you that came up, and that is, the House has unveiled a budget plan, and it says that the measure would pave the way to finally deliver a bill to repeal Obamacare to the president's desk under special budget rules are you familiar with what those are yeah this is the uh this is the finalized budget resolution has been negotiated between republicans in the house and senate it'll be voted on later today in the house and either this week or next week in the senate this is this non-binding outline the 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 overarching budget outline for right. the budget process and it would authorize the use of what is known as budget reconciliation which of course we got to know and a lot of people got to know during the approval of the Obama health law, because part of it was pushed through using budget reconciliation, which is a, a technique and a tool that is not subject. It's legislation that cannot be stopped by a filibuster in the Senate, so you only need a simple majority to approve anything. So the, what the Republicans have done in this budget resolution is they have authorized the use of budget reconciliation to repeal the Obama health law. But I think there's still a divide amongst Republicans, because there are some who say, well, look, that's going to be vetoed. Well, why waste that when you could use budget reconciliation for reform of the IRS tax code? You know, uh, not only personal taxes, but uh, business taxes and corporate taxes. So there's still a bit of a divide amongst Republicans as to what to do. But based on this, it looks like later this year we will see some measure moved by both the House and Senate and then sent down to the president for him to veto on repealing the Obama health law. I think in terms of the Republicans' credibility, they need to go forward with that and put it on his desk and let him veto it. Yeah, I think that's for a, a lot of Republicans. That's their thought right now as well, that they, even though they know it's not going to work, even though they know that it's going nowhere, that it needs to be done. Absolutely. 
because I can tell you the natives are restless. The natives are restless. I, I hear from them not just on the air, but from people that I run into and people who send yep. me emails and things of this nature. I keep trying to tell them I'm not in an elected position. <laughs> All I can do is listen to Jamie Dupree and talk about what the rules are and what's happening and what they're actually doing and this sort of thing. No, and that's why I still think uh, that's why uh, Republicans really want to get as many bills down to the president as possible on as many different subjects and have him veto them, even if it is a veto, even if they aren't able to move forward, just so they can stand there and say, see, he vetoed X, Y, Z, A, B, C, all these different things. And, uh, you know, he's the problem. He's the party of no, in a sense. As of now, there have only been two vetoes, but they're lining up a bunch of other things. For example, uh, two budget bills that are on the floor this week in the House, those both under a veto threat as well. You got it. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Herman Cain. Herman Cain is in the solutions business.